show number 111 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Welcome to the show. Where it's the pre-show show. It's the pre-show show. Kind of like very, the Super Bowl. Starts four hours beforehand. It's a very special edition of it Look is. at His Butt. Because? Because <laughs> the thing what we were all disappointed about is happening. The thing happening. what? I love it. <laughs> It's happening! Yay! Yay! So uh, we're gonna go see Star Trek at the drive-in. I know. Woo-hoo! I am so jazzed for this. So you're gonna be with us on our ride. We're gonna be talking here at uh, one of the podcasting international headquarters. Then we're gonna be in in the podcasting unit, the mobile podcasting right. unit, aka my car. Then we're gonna be parked at the drive-in. <laughs> And, and we'll do a little bit of talking in each place. It'll be great. And then we'll do some afterwards, oh, too, course, because, yeah. um, you know, the, the whole point of this is for us to be able to to hit each other and go, did you see that? And, and talk all the way through it without yes, disturbing other cars. Yes, it's going to be great. We are so jazzed for this. And, you know, it's a perfect night to go to the drive-in. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's it's clear. It's mm-hmm. really clear. It's going to be just great. Yep. Yeah. 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 So um, thanks for organizing this because, yeah, you were on top of that situation. Well, I was just so excited when I saw, you know, that they had it again. And so we're, we're on our way yeah. almost. Yeah. We're just doing a, a few little yeah. hellos and, yeah. and things. It's great. So um, people um, will have heard, by the time this show goes up, they will have heard the last one, which I haven't quite finished yet. But um, our pal Maynard um, managed to sneak in some of our, our question to Carl Urban, That's which right. was awesome. Right. So that was great. And his uh, interview with us is now up at his website. Yes. Uh, and for this podcast, and everybody should subscribe to his podcast because yes. it's great. He's always doing something fun and interesting. Yeah, and it's it's a great little interview. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, we should um, sometime interview him. <gasps> what a good idea! What an idea! Oh, that could be like a podcast that's what four hours long. Yeah, because we talk for. I don't know, a good 20, 25 minutes after the real interview. That's right, and he'll just keep talking. Well, let's do it. Let's schedule that. Okay. Talk to him. Oh, okay. I'd love to do that. That'd be great. Um, so we have some pre-show stuff. Right. Some show, pre-show. Whoa. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I didn't want your bed to fall on your head. It didn't. Okay. Okay. Let's go look at our Gmail, because we got something really, really uh, more interesting. More people following us on Twitter. Always good. <gasps> oh, good. Even more okay. people. Okay. And only one, no, only two spams, actually. So there, it's almost 100 people now. It's 70 plus. And um, only two of them were like, you know, click here for sexy single girl videos. Yeah. I block them. Good. Yeah. Okay. This came to us just the other day from uh, Miranda Wrongs. <laughs> And the heading is Star Trek versus Star Wars, which if you've been following the blog, you know I, I posted oh, yes. something from Wired.com. And we're really tired of, you know, the Kirk versus Picard and all this stuff. But this is one we can all cheer for mm-hmm. because it is a roller derby game <laughs> at RollerCon. And uh, so this, uh, she says, is a new media Bill has conquered, roller derby. Roller derby. So this is going to be in Vegas. There is a challenge for Star Wars versus Star Trek. And um, so she is going to skate as Helen, H-E-L-L dash capital N, Noel. That is so awesome. It I is, love that. It is an awesome, awesome name. Um, she also says the robot chicken guys are going to be in Vegas the final night of RollerCon. And they are hosting a skating party. 
So a bunch of the the roller girls are going to go to that party. I think that's great. And they know all about Star Trek, so they will appreciate that. Yes, yes. So... First of all, we are very excited. Secondly, Miranda, we want pictures. Oh, we yeah? want to report, you know, after this happens. And she also sent us a link. Um, they have a Yahoo group set up for it, <laughs> and it's called Outer Space Rug Hooking, <laughs> which I like. Just so people wouldn't actually know that it was a roller derby I guess so. But... Um, some of the names they have come up with, with people saying, you know, this is this is who I want to be, are really, really good. So, um, naturally, we are, you know, rooting for the Star of Trek course, people. But here, here's some of the names. The Ref of Khan, um, Counselor Destroy, <laughs> Belana Tore Hers, <laughs> Warp Cora, <laughs> Lieutenant Uhurtya, <laughs> And then there, there's one here that I just really, really want to read to you. Okay. This could very well be the greatest thing in the universe ever. Please tell me there's room on Team Trek for Dilithium Crystal. <gasps> that's awesome. That's almost a drag queen name. I know. That's what I was thinking is some of these are like really tough, tough drag queen names. Oh. Some of the people are saying they are coming in their, their Star Trek uniforms oh. or dresses, you know, or, or whatever oh, they have. I love pictures. I want lots and lots of pictures. Definitely, definitely want pictures. And I am just so jazzed to know that these are subsets of each other, roller derby fans yes. and Star Trek fans. And when it crosses over, it becomes magical. Uh, yeah. So we, we really want pictures and we definitely want you gals to kick the ass of the Star Trek, Star Wars people. Because we represent Star Trek, we represent Captain Kirk, and mm -hmm. we don't like to lose. Yep. That would be bad. Yep. So. Do you want to? Okay. So very excited about that. Oh, that's awesome. And I love that people let us know about this stuff. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, we, we definitely want pictures. And I have to check out um, another website that she pointed me to to see if there's like an advertisement or something for this. Oh, that would be for this. That, that up on the blog. That would be yeah. great if we could find that. That would be terrific. And then I just want to show you one other funny thing. Oh, I love funny things. Extreme do-it-yourself body modifications, although this says do not do it uh. yourself, but there are pictures. You can have your ears permanently modified to be, they're calling them elf ears, Ew. but it's it's Spock ears. That looks gross. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't, you know, I mean, to 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 paste them on for a party or movie premiere, you know, that's one thing. But uh, what do they put on to make them pointy? Is it well, fake? Is it like ear prosthetics? Uh, let's see. Like like silicone, like fake tits or something. It's, it's sort of. It says um, these elf ears were done with the aid of body modification artist Russ. Box. Do not try this on your own. Um, because you'll kill yourself. And uh, here's, a, here's an excerpt of, of the warning about fake ear elves and things. First of all, you shouldn't do any of sort of modification, including piercings, branding, implants, tongue splicing, ear pointing, etc., as a rash decision. <laughs> you should always look at your body and decide if you want to... if. What you want to do would enhance your body in the right way right now and in 20 years mm -hmm. from now. That's true. You also want to make sure it will look good. I recommend to fake it for a few days using magnets to simulate 
piercings, water pads for implants, plants, fake elf ears, and so and, on. And, and Sharpie markers to simulate tattoos. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good idea. And uh, so, you know, that's that's something for the hardcore to consider. I, I agree. That's kind of weird. Um, I was going to say, just as a don't try this sort of thing at home, I have many piercings in one of my ears. Mm -hmm. And um, some of them were done professionally, but my friend Danny did one for me. Um, when we were like, uh, how old were we? Well, we were pretty young, probably, <laughs> I don't know, 16, 17, like that. Wow. And living in New Jersey, one of the fun things we did was to hop on the bus and go to Manhattan. So one day before we decided to go into the city, he came over to my house and it was like, okay, let's do this other hole in your ear. So we put ice on my ear and he took a needle and he shoved it through my ear and we put an earring in there. And I went into Manhattan with a freshly pierced ear. How jolly. <laughs> Cool. I I was I just have my ears pierced in the 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 usual mundane way, you know, one one hole per uh -huh. ear, and I was nineteen or twenty before I did it mm -hmm. because at that time in my life I had a real phobia of needles. I don't have that mm -hmm. anymore, but um, it was scary. Yeah, I I can imagine. Um, if if you belong to uh like. Italian or Hispanic families, they often will pierce girls' ears when they're born. Oh, yeah. And, to get and, it over um, with. And uh, some Indian families will do that, Oh, really? Too. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think I got my, my official ones were done when I was in third grade. Wow. Yeah. Because that was what everybody was doing. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to fit in with the crowd. That's right. <laughs> so you have something special. I do have something special. That you refuse to show me. This now. is, um, we talked about this a little bit before. This was the free comic book I got on free comic book day at the comic book store. There were many comics that they gave out, and I would say of all the ones that I got, about 80% of them were pretty good, which is cool. quite good for a bunch of free comic books. And some of the comics that, that they handed out were um, full issues, so you could read a whole story. Some of them were just excerpts from existing issues, so you could get a little flavor, and some were... Um, several different stories, either from the same publisher or from the same artist. And in this case, that's what this comic book is. So the company that publishes Bill's Horrible Comics is called Blue Water Productions. And they include... It's not called Bill's Horrible it's Comics? It's not called... I, I, it should be. <laughs> um, and it has three excerpts from three different stories that he's writing. Now, I reviewed this already on my comics podcast, and I, I had to say... Um, First of all, I'll show you the cover, which has the giant floating head of William Shatner coming out of the apocalypse. You know, Apparently. With, with the sun behind him and everything. And then down at the bottom, it says, William Shatner presents. But that's all it says on the front. Just, William Shatner presents. Well, you know what's interesting to me is he either has a halo or the back of his head's on fire. Could be. And there's a sexy chick next to him, of, of course. course. And then there's a bunch of stuff down here that you can't quite figure out what's going on. I don't really know. Yeah. But it's, William Shatner presents. And then when you open it up, it tells you what you're about to get. So um, there's Tech War Chronicles, mm -hmm. there's Quest for Tomorrow, and there's something called Man of War. And in each case, it says right up at the top, Story by William Shatner. And I think that both the word story and the word by should have <laughs> huge scare quotes around them. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think... Bill is probably pretty good at making up a story. I mean, we know he's good at making <laughs> up a story. The actual implementation of this, um, as far as like writing the story uh -huh. down, even scribbling a basic plot synopsis, I don't think he does that. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he did come up with some story idea. Okay. I, I, I can do that. Or at least 
the person who came up with the story said, what do you think of this, Bill? <laughs> and he went, yeah. And, and Bill went, well, that would be good, but you know what would be better? And he improves on it. That, okay. I, that probably is more likely to. Mm -hmm. Now, um, here's the first page. We're not going to go through this page by page, Thank but there God. are things I want to call attention to. So here it is. William Shatner presents the Tech War Chronicles. And we have um, our hero, the guy in the middle, blonde guy, mm -hmm. cranky looking guy with a Big five o'clock shadow. Um, anonymous ethnic guy over here. We mm -hmm. don't know who he is. And then there's this guy that I think is supposed to be Bill. Yeah, because Bill played a role in the series okay. when they did it. Okay, so this is Bill in comic mm -hmm. book form. Right, so and it's actually pretty good. It actually kind of looks like him, what? Because like, I think they did this in like the 90s? Yeah, I was going to say, 90s. so about 15 years ago, this is yeah. more or less what he looks like. So here's the thing. Bill has already conquered comic books as Captain Kirk. Uh-huh. Now he's conquering comic books more or less as Bill. Or, or whatever. Who that character well, is. on the cover, he's definitely Bill, Bill, and whoever this tech war character is that right. Bill portrayed. Right. And then there's a girl here, a little girl. Oh God, I didn't even see her. Yeah. So there's the the, the three guy characters are big, and then there's this little girl. And of course, it's a full body shot of her because you have to mm. see that she's got big tits and really tight clothes and high right. Heels and well, stuff. that's important. And, and she's, she's blonde. And she's blonde, and she's sort of striding across the. What's the What's the half face up in the corner? I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, so looks I, like a robot or something. It does something. look like a robot. Now, I read this story, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, oh, unfortunately. Dear. I've never read any of the Tech War stuff. Me neither. So I don't know what universe this takes place in or what the plot is supposed to be. All I know is that Cranky Guy is called Jake Cardigan. Oh, now I knew that. Jake Sweater, yeah. So why is he named after a sweater is the thing that I want to see. Because Bill was going, what, 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 what should I <laughs> what name him? What should I, sweater. Well, no, that's a cardigan. Okay. Cardigan. I think the name Jake Cardigan is is a very um, iconic sort of uh, action hero name. Well, and it's I'll, kind of like an action hero's drag queen name. <laughs> that's true. It, it exemplifies the first thing that you have to have in an action hero first name, which is that it's pointy. Yes. It has a K in it, mm -hmm. and it has it's short. It's only one syllable. You know. Yeah. Jake. It sounds very, very masculine. And then the second name is multisyllabic, but it's not a soft name. You right. know, it, it also sounds kind of tough and masculine, but it's always good to pair a single syllable first name with a multisyllabic last name. Like Dirk Benedict. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of like that. They made fun of that on um, Mystery Science Theater 3000, <laughs> and I can't remember which movie it was, but the character did have some ridiculous stereotypical name, and through the whole movie they were making fun of it, calling him like... Um, chunk Iron Fist and stuff like that. <laughs> I like that. And other, chunk. Uh, yeah, it just went on and on. I don't so, think that one's taken. Um, so there's some stuff about virtual reality. The art's not bad. Uh -huh. you know, there's some good color. There's some kind of mystery. Here's Jake. He ends up uh, seeing his partner and they're running down a tunnel. And then somehow they end up in a church and um, his ethnic partner ends up kind of cluing him into some conspiracy that's going on. What's the ethnic partner's name? Uh, Sid. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's hardly. Oh, Sid Gomez. So, Sid Gomez. So he's, he's Hispanic. Okay. And, uh, you know, we get a little bit of Jake's narrative on it. Uh, Gomez was old school, one of the few Catholics left in the sector, but he believed in God on his own terms. When I met him six years ago, he was already on wife number three and never met a wager or a jigger of Chivas Regal he didn't like. Ooh. Very noirish. Uh huh. So Sid kind of tells him about stuff. 
they're in this uh, church and there's a robot here in the confessional. Mm -hmm. That's where they are. They're hiding in the confessional. They're not okay. going to have sex, though. Yet. And, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then a bunch of other stuff happens and the bad guys show up and start shooting at them and they end up running through the catacombs underneath the church. And then it ends up with Sid getting offed, of course, because he's the token ethnic character. Oh, he's so he's not like a permanent partner. No. Okay. And, of course, then we know that Jake's going to get framed for his murder. All right. To be continued. But this is... <laughs> The best thing it's about actually it. good art. The art is pretty good. It's just that the story doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. But um, typical to this kind of thing, it has a title that's a bunch of phrases with colons after them. That's not just phrase colon. It's phrase colon phrase colon. Oh God. Colon. So it's coming this spring colon Tech War Chronicles colon <laughs> Volume One colon A Plague of Ghosts. <laughs> dot 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 dot. dot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then there's another little portrait of Jake Cardigan, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then there's some check over here. Another title called um, Chimera that's coming out in 2009. I okay. know nothing about this. So it's she's got sort of a blondie girl face that morphs into like an alien face, oh, I guess. I don't okay. know. There's no information on this. It's just <clears throat> thrown in there. Then there's a thing <clears throat> called Manowar. Which is like an army thing, which I totally couldn't understand by looking at it. There was music coming that from That was somewhere. weird. Your house is talking to us. I know, it's singing. Um, uh, so there's guns and stuff, mm -hmm. and the art is really, really bad. There's a plane flying through some thunderstorms. Mm -hmm. But look at the faces on these people. I this mean, one looks kind of like Arnold. But it's all... It's weird looking. It's, yeah. It's kind of sketchy looking comic book art and there's a lot of close-ups. And you know the reason She's the unattractive. The reason the comic book artists draw close-ups like this is that so they won't have to draw any background. Oh. Yeah. And that's it. it. And then it goes into the third story, which is called Quest for Tomorrow, which is drawn in this extremely cartoony looking style, mm -hmm. which kind of looks like stuff you see on Cartoon Network. Yeah. And it's about this guy here, his name is uh, Jim. I think his name must be Jim Quest as opposed to Johnny Quest. Jim Tim Tim? Yeah. And it's on some planet that has two moons. It's not Vulcan. Um, <laughs> and he and his dude friends who are all kind of like hipsters with lots of piercings and they're all looking like slackers. They have a, a ride, a race in their little hover bikes here. Okay. And that's the whole story. And of course they're all guys and there's one girl and she's the one who like drops the flag at the beginning of the race. Thanks a Yawn. lot. Yawn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Well, okay. Where would you... Uh... And then there's one more thing I have to show you at the end. Oh, okay. Show me the thing at the end. Oh, you could, we could hold this first. It's not directly... Um, okay. Really. I was going to say, um, would you say that this project of Bill's is completely subjectively better or worse than Easy Stairs? Ooh, well, I would say it's worse than Easy Stairs because Easy Stairs are probably useful. Good thinking. And I don't know that this is actually very useful. Okay. Now, the purpose of these comics that they give out on Free Comic Book Day is to entice the reader to buy this. Right. I feel that this comic book has failed. It entices <laughs> you away from it. It does. It really does. Now, if, if I wasn't a, Bill, a big Bill fan, I would probably be giving this away to someone. Right now. <laughs> but I am going to keep it just as proof that I own it. Um, 
Now there's one more thing in the back, just to show you, I was joking a little bit before when I was saying that Bill's horrible comics really should be what this is called. Blue Water is also publishing something, and I don't know what it is, called Female Force, and it looks like they're biography comics from uh, about famous women. Uh-huh. And I just want to show you how bad the covers look. There's no content here, it's just showing you what the covers look like. But, um... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man! <sighs> okay, the big one is Hillary Clinton with a really fakey smile. And then there's Sarah Palin uh -huh. post posing in front of a huge, huger than Hillary's uh, American flag. Uh -huh. J.K. Rowling is... Uh, Apparently about to be attacked by a unicorn. <laughs> and her arms are, are, are way off. And then there's Caroline Kennedy, um, whose father is present as a thought bubble, <laughs> glowing thought bubble. And she's in front of the White House. Okay. Now in stores, Hillary Clinton and Sarah Palin. I guess. So I don't know what kind of comics they're supposed to be. I don't even know if they have other pictures inside or whether that's just the cover and the inside is like text from Wikipedia. I mean, I would <laughs> I would almost be tempted to want to see the uh, Sarah Palin one. The thing about the J.K. Rowling one, uh huh, doesn't this look like a piece of fan art? Yes, it, it looks in fact worse than a lot of fan art that I've mm -hmm. seen. But you know, the way the proportions are wrong is very fanish. It is. It, it's just wrong. Yeah. It's like somebody else's head, and, and the, the clothing is wrong, too. Look at uh -huh. her. She's got a necklace on, Yeah, and it's like they drew her, and then at the last minute they decided to draw a necklace. So they kind of drew a necklace in a different Well, and the paper, thing is, you could, you could easily send this without the unicorn to what not to wear. Yeah. Where you're saying, here's a woman wearing a, a one-shoulder bear thing with a, sort of a Wilma Flintstone necklace, yeah. and, uh, but it doesn't work the way it did on Wilma. And and the necklace is over her hair. Yes. It's just sitting on top of her clothes and her hair and everything. And she's looking quite smug. She does look smug, and I don't really think it looks like her very much at all. No. So um, that that's the quality of Blue Water Comics right there, as you can see. Um, the back. So what this, are we going to say when they want to do ours? We get to choose the artist. Okay. Um, there's an ad on the back for some things that you can buy from Image. And down at the bottom, they have Bill's Twist in the Tail. And I actually have some of these. I downloaded uh -huh. them from the internets, and we've never watched them. But oh, okay. We should probably watch them. But um, just to push a little more William Shatner on you all. Oh, yep. <sighs> we are Bill's conduits of shilling. We're helpless under the spell of his salesmanship. Big, giant, floating head of yep. William Shatner. Yep. Really pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't. He, he he looks kind of pained. He does. He's sort of squinty. Yeah, he's like, okay, take uh, the picture. Uh, uh. Now, if anybody out there has bought any of these actual comics and wants to review them for us, please, we'd be happy. We'd really like to know if they're as bad as what's in here. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we should wrap this segment. Oh, I think we probably get should. some food. Yeah. And. Uh, Boogie on down to the drive-in. To the drive-in. We're going to the drive-in. Let's all go, go to, to the, the drive-in. Drive Let's. Okay. Uh, okay. So so when next you hear from us, we're going to be in the mobile podcasting unit. That's right. Whee! Space. The final frontier. 
These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Speak up. Comments to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. More fun stuff at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. This podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This is TSFPN.com, the sci-fi podcast network. You've found the best podcasts in the universe. Well, here we are. At 5 to 9. 5 to 9, sitting in line, trying to get into the drive-in. Our line has not moved in about five minutes. No, it hasn't. I, I don't know. The understand. others are, are creeping forward very, very slowly. Yeah. We had an adventure getting down here because we let the GPS guide us, and it took us on surface roads for the last 10 miles. Which More was, than the last 10. Which was really stupid, so we won't do that going back for no, sure. No, no. Um, but we're, we're here. There's a lot of people here. There are many, many movies playing here. I hadn't realized it was um, quite so many screens. Well, they've got four screens. One, two, three, four. Yeah, I guess so. And some of these show us like double features. Oh. The movies that are here are Hangover. Public Enemies, Transformers, Up, Ice Age 3, and Star, Star Trek. Trek, the drive-in movie. We have been reminiscing about going to drive-ins <laughs> when we were kids, and we're, we're just all ready. We have a cooler with our sodas we in do. it. We're, we're hope- hoping we can buy beer. Or popcorn, at least. Yeah, At popcorn. least popcorn, yeah. It's Isn't that what Ahura said? Popcorn at least, sir? <laughs> One of her famous lines. Yeah. Um, it's it's just starting to get dark. Oh, look. They're, they're starting to show previews on one of the screens. Yeah. It's amazing that they're not more efficient about getting people's cars in. They're quite a lineup here. Yeah, and ours is not moving. We've moved a little bit. Oh, I see. We're moving a little bit now, so okay. that's good. So um, given that this is our first time at this particular drive-in, we're not quite sure what happens once we pay, where we're supposed to go, or anything Well, we like have that. to ask them which screen. Yeah. But uh, this is pretty exciting. I haven't been to a drive-thru in years and years and years. I know. I I don't think I've ever been to a drive-in out here in California. I never have. In New Jersey, I probably went to a drive-in, like, in high school Mm -hmm. with my drunken friends to see some, you know, bad science fiction movie or something. Or stoned friends, probably. Uh, Well, I remember one summer when I was a kid that... It seems like every single Saturday night, my parents put us in the the station wagon, Mm -hmm. and we went to the drive-in. And there was always a double feature, and we fell asleep during the second movie. But for some reason, I only remember seeing a lot of war movies. (laughs) We saw um, Von Ryan's Express, Uh and um, I think it was called 36 Hours with James Garner. Uh And just... You know, all went. Mom would make a giant um, paper grocery bag full of popcorn. Uh-huh, yeah, we would always have that. I can't even remember what movies we saw at the drive-in. Although I do remember seeing um, Dumbo at, at a drive-in. drive-in. Yeah, which was weird and freaky, and you know, the whole pink <laughs> elephant thing was very, very strange. But I just remember being in the car with my brothers, and you know, having our 
our pajamas on of course. and the blankets and the pillows and yep. the little playground that you could go play in and the weird... In your jammies. Yeah, of so course. strange. And the little um, cartoons and stuff that they would show yep. beforehand. Yep. Very, very strange. I'm glad there are still drive-ins. Well, this is the only one in this area. Yeah. Now, when we first moved to California, which is uh, 20 years ago, the place we go to the movies now was a drive-in. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, on that site. And there was one... Um, up on the peninsula somewhere, but this is the only one. Oh. Well, um, there used to be a drive-in right on the main highway up and down on 880 near the Coliseum where the, oh, the, yeah, the baseball team plays. And the screen is still there, but they don't show movies there anymore. Now it's a flea market. Oh, yeah, uh, or, okay. Uh, swap meet, as they call it out here. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that would have been a good place for it, and there are none out by where I live. Yeah. I don't think there ever have been any. Um, we're right near the airport. I don't know if people can hear the sound of a plane going over. <laughs> we're quite close to oh, the San Jose airport. I hope they time it so that we get the, the airplane sound at the right time. That'll be good. Now, you said um, mostly they do it by radio, but there are still some things that you hook over the side? Uh, that's what I read. Okay. Well, we'll have to see. I would prefer to do it by radio because those things... Oh, the sound. The yeah. sound was so incredibly bad. Yeah. And, of course, I remember, too... Um, because growing up in the Midwest, it was hanging on the window, and you'd roll the window up as tight as you could because the mosquitoes would come in and get right. you. That's right. Oh, man, this is funny. Wow, <laughs> there's a lot of people here. I'm looking at the lines behind us as well. Well, you know, Public Enemies just opened. That's true. And Up is huge for kids. Ice Age 3 just opened, and is yep. apparently crap, but... It's not crap. It's all right. Oh, have you seen it? Yeah, we saw. We got tickets to a, a, a free, a, oh, not a free, right. but a preview a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. and uh, it was all right. It wasn't as good as the first one. Yeah, the animation was very good. The, the The Ice Age movies are in my mind the falling movies because in every movie there's a lot of characters falling great distances through the sky, and they <laughs> okay. do that very well. But it's it's like if it's an Ice Age movie, you know they're going to fall. Okay, <laughs> somehow, somewhere. Well, it was slippery, right? No, not that kind of, not like slipping and falling, like falling from cliffs or falling. Wily Coyote yeah, falling. Yeah, kind of Wily Coyote falling. Yeah, that's that's what I would say. Okay. Falling through the Earth's crust. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Can uh, you tell what that's a preview for right now? No. It looked a little science It's sort of science fiction-y. Yeah. I was just wondering. Oh, there's a big rocket taking it. A big rocket. Um, somebody I know who's a Star Trek fan saw Moon and said it was very good. Oh, okay. And Sam Rockwell is in it. I know, and he's like the only person in it. Yeah, it's one of those movies. But she said it's not a science fiction fiction film. It's like a character study with a science fiction premise. Oh. The other theaters are starting to show their previews, yeah, too. Yeah, so there's commercials. Yeah, That's or whatever. From the director of The Mummy. Oh, I'm looking at the one. Oh, hooray. Right now. I don't know what that could be. I don't even recognize any of the actors. Yeah, I'm so. not recognizing any of these yet. Yeah. So I would like to see uh, Moon because that's in good. Do you know it was directed by David Bowie's son? Yes, I read that. <laughs> the formerly uh, Zoe Bowie. <laughs> he has a real name now. Mm-hmm. He decided not. He to changed be, it. He changed it yeah, legally to like to, not to be stupid Mike anymore. Or yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, a normal name. I think you're going to see a lot of that <laughs> as kids like Blanket and Apple grow up. Mom, can Hernia. I have a normal name, please? 
No, what? we named you that for a reason. What is this movie with the, the ninjas and the crashing and the slow Is it all the same movie? I believe it is, yeah. Wow. Hey, is this good podcasting or not? Uh, telling people the previews that we're seeing that we don't know what they are well we're gonna they're gonna find out at the same moment we find out look a guy soaring through the sky that uh -huh. was in star trek oh G.I. Joe. Joe okay wow that looks like it has nothing to do with G.I. oh Joe. now over there they're doing the sasha baron cohen movie uh, uh bruno. bruno vulgar shocking and frigging hilarious it says we're moving up <gasps> yay we're almost there and our listeners are going to get to hear the voice of the uh the ticket dude at some point. Yeah, about the same time we do. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Caution, slow, narrow entrance. It looks like you pay at the booth, and then this guy directs, guy directs you. you. The reason it's taking so long is that there's one guy in the booth, and he's taking money from two lanes. <gasps> That's why. Oh, my God. God. That's what the and problem. they're doing that at all of them. Yeah. So that's why it's taking so long. Okay. Oh well. Oh well. Okay. Now uh, Paramount is showing a coming attraction up here. Uh, maybe the one straight ahead of Star Trek because Could it be. had that outer space yeah. one. Now the movie's not supposed to start till nine twenty, right? No, nine ten or nine oh five. Okay. Because that looks like the beginning of a movie. And there's the popcorn hut. Oh, you can popcorn see the hut. <laughs> well, it is. It's a hut. Look at it. And You're you can right. see the movie things coming yeah. out of the. Oh, that's so funny! You can actually half see of it. it. Wow. That's cool. Oh, they're showing a preview for Astro Boy over there. <laughs> I know that means nothing to you, but I'm yes, very excited. Yes, it does mean nothing to me. <laughs> that looks cool. Oh, excellent. Okay, good. <laughs> Astro Boy is um, a Japanese uh, manga comic book character, but very old. The guy who did it. Um, uh, Osama Tezuka was doing comics in like the 50s, just post-war Japan. Mm -hmm. And it, it's really good. It was very groundbreaking for the time. And they had animated series out of it, and now they've made a, a full-length animated movie, which looks mm. pretty cool. Move up, move up. Oh, yay. It's our turn. Thank you. Almost. Here we are. Here we are. We're so excited. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Two for Star Trek, please. Okay. 1350. <laughs> oh, that's the Transformers movie in front of us. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Right. Transformers. Star Trek is on screen three around to the left. Okay. It's going to be 102.3. Okay. Thank you. 102.3. Okay. Wasn't that one of our podcasts once? Here. Probably. To the left. Yeah. Really. Oh. Good this luck. Is complicated. Okay. Yes. Okay, to, to the left? Star Trek? Yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you. It's the one that's not showing anything yet. Okay, good. Which means we have time to get parked and get popcorn. Okay, I'm going to try really hard not to run anybody over. Well, if they're stupid enough to be wearing okay. all dark clothes. Screen three. Here we go. All right. And there's not many people. Okay. So now the question is, how close do we want to get? Well, closer than this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> also good radio. What the fuck are they talking about? How close are they? Let's see. Oh, look. They have little folding chairs. I know. That's good. Well, I'd say I love the bumps. Okay. How about right here? Yeah. Okay. I'm very good with this. We are parked right in front of the screen. Yay! Right in front of the screen. Here's your change. All right. There's my change. Okay. 
Shall we go get popcorn? We shall. Let's right. unhook and go get popcorn. Let's, let's put our, our podcast on pause. We're going to run and get some popcorn, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Cue the music. So we just saw the movie with um, suitably crappy sound, and in addition to all the other surprises, such as planes going over, we're right next to a railroad track. Trains went by twice. Right. And they were freight trains. <laughs> and on the next screen, they're showing Johnny Depp in Public Enemies. Oh, look, it's Myrna Loy. Yeah. Oh, wow. He might, he's watching a movie, movie. Okay, before Dillinger yeah. gets killed. But it kept catching my eye at strange times, like it was commenting oh. on on our movie. That was weird. Yeah. Oh, boy! Look at how good she looks on the big screen. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, Clark, oh, Cable. Clark Cable! Look how good he looks on the big screen. Ooh. There's a good combination. Okay, we have to talk about this movie. Then. Okay, I didn't like it any better. <laughs> and all the things people were telling me were in here and I missed are not in there. I didn't see the triple. I was looking for it, and I didn't see it. Oh, now the first time through I saw it, and I forgot to look for it. I didn't see R2-D2. No, I didn't see R2-D2. Um, I didn't hear Majel's voice either. No, and I didn't see this whole thing or hear this whole discussion that, well, Kirk had actually taken the Starfleet exam a few years earlier and decided not to go into Starfleet. I saw none of that. Well, maybe it was in something that Pike said in that conversation that they had in the bar back in Iowa, but it kind of went by me too fast for I've me I've seen to, it twice now. And it didn't, and, okay. No, he All didn't, right. he didn't. Maybe they filmed it and it didn't get in there. Oh, look, he is called Spock Prime. We're watching the credits, Spock too. Prime. <laughs> oh, they do call her Amanda Grayson. Um, there were some good things. Oh, yeah, the music's really good. The music was good. The um, the best scene for me was when um, they figure out that it's the Romulans when Kirk comes running up mm -hmm. to the bridge. That was really good, and it was played with great intensity yes. and great great purpose. And there was there was a genuine sense of urgency. There was the actors yeah. were all really really good in that, and I think that is the level at which those bridge scenes need to be played. Mm -hmm. Those crucial things, and I think they always did that in the original series. Mm -hmm. When they were having those discussions, it always felt like everybody was really involved and really committed. Yes. You know, in Next Generation, they were all sitting around the conference room table at Cisco headquarters, you know, <laughs> basically having these, these, you know, PowerPoint presentations. Right. And, and yeah. So, yeah, um, Next Gen is very PowerPointy. It, it's, I mean, it's even very if they corporate. never actually did it, it's it, very yeah, corporate. it feels yeah, that exactly. way. Yeah. So uh, that, I'm watching it again, I have to say that that was sort of the most gripping scene mm -hmm. for me in this. Like, that's what Star Trek should be about. That's yes. right there. Yes. That's what I think. Um, I, I found 
Chris Pine even more annoying, especially with the mouth breathing. <laughs> mouth breathing. You're so right. He just breathes his mouth all the time. Oh, my and God. And as you pointed out, when he's running away from the, the silly creature on Delta Vega, he's like screaming like a little girl the whole yes, time. And yes. Kirk doesn't do that. As you said, real Kirk doesn't do that. Yes. And the other thing real Kirk doesn't do is when he sits in a chair and crosses his legs, yes. he doesn't then spin his ankle like a little girl. Yeah. What's next? He's going to you know, be kicking the seat of the person in front of him like you had in that story. No, That would be yeah. funny. I'm just checking our battery power. Okay, oh, okay. we're good. Okay. Um, so here's a couple of things that I just wanted to, to mention that I don't think I had really noticed before. Um, number one was in the scene on Vulcan when little Spock beats up his compatriots there. It's exactly like the scene in Christmas Story when little Ralphie beats up <laughs> Scott Farkas. It really is. He goes berserk and oh he jumps on God. top of him and he starts pounding his head into the pavement. It's yes, exactly it like is. that. It so is. So I just had to say that. That's where that scene came from. Oh, yeah, it's really funny to pick up all these, these different references, yeah. but I didn't see that one. I have to say, um, I enjoyed Quinto's performance the first time. I enjoyed it more this time. Mm -hmm. I was seeing some real subtlety in it. Yeah, I thought um, he was very good. He when he doesn't understand something, when Spock doesn't understand something, he does that sort of confused look mm -hmm. that Nimoy did so well mm -hmm. that was very subtle and communicates so much. That was really good. Yep, yep. I, I liked it. And that scene between Spock and um, Sarek when uh, they're talking about emotions and stuff. Mm -hmm. That was really good. Yes. That was a very... And that scene could have been so overblown and so overdone and just full of stupid stuff and stupid words and it was done so simply and such an understated way that was great mm -hmm. i really like that yeah and and I'm, I'm convinced now that part of that was um sarah giving him some clue about the whole uhura thing maybe so i, I yeah. think so i'd like to believe that the thing i still do not understand is and maybe this is one of those things they glossed over intentionally uh -huh. how what did Kirk do to beat the Kobayashi Maru? He reprogrammed the computer. Right, but I mean, it. what? What? They didn't say. Spock said, you installed a subroutine. Right. That's all he said in the, in the court, well, was court martial, the hearing that he had in front mm -hmm. of the court there. That's all he said. Now, this time I did pick up one thing, yeah, that people had told me was there when I was going, why are all these little kids mm -hmm. on the Enterprise? And they were saying, you know, they were all just pulled out for this emergency. Okay, so I understand that now. But then at the end, you know, they're all back there and uh -huh. Kirk's being made captain and everything. And I realized none of them have graduated. <laughs> yeah, so they're all a bunch of dropouts. Yeah. Slackers. Really? Um, Losers. I, <laughs> I noticed that uh, Captain Pike's uniform right at the end there is very reminiscent of Kirk's uniform in Star Trek One. Yes. That sort of washed out gray thing and mm -hmm. everything. I hadn't noticed that before, but that was very good. Yes. So I wanted to talk about one particular line in this movie um, where Kirk says at the end of acting like a total dick uh, of, of the Kobayashi Maru thing. Mm -hmm. and, and then in the trial he says, I don't believe in the no-win scenario. And that's a line right from Star Trek II. Yes. When real Kirk says it in Star Trek II, there are so many layers to it when he says that. Because he's talking to um, McCoy, isn't he? Uh, I don't or is he talking to, to um, Savick? I think, I think it, yeah, it's Savick. Savick. Yeah. So when Kirk, real Kirk says it in two, he's saying it 
and and for me there's like three layers to it he's answering a question and mm-hmm. just talking about the situation I don't believe in the no answer which is the easy answer to the question why did you cheat because he doesn't want to give whatever the real answer was right which is he just doesn't like to lose so that was the first part the second part is he knows that he has to face the no-win scenario and he has faced that but he doesn't want to admit it it's not that he doesn't believe in the no-win scenario it's that he knows it's there and that he is going to have to face it but he has he doesn't want to admit that he could lose I think Kirk's no-win scenario is, as he points out later, death. Mm-hmm. And he is not going to even go there mentally a minute sooner than he has to. I, I think that's right. But I think there's a difference between him saying, I don't believe in the no-win scenario. It, it's not that he rejects the possibility that death mm-hmm. is going to occur. He knows it's going to occur. But he's just saying, um, I feel like I can do everything in my power to cheat that. Yes. Whereas in the movie that we just saw, when Kirk says it, he's just being an arrogant, stupid young guy who doesn't mm-hmm. think he can ever die. There's a huge difference between those two oh, readings of yeah. that same line. And to hear him say it in here with such lack of gravitas is just kind of well, stupid. Well, it, it's, it's phony gravitas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is what he gives to a lot of his, mm-hmm. his lines. Like we were saying, he just has no ability to effectively toss off a line like, hello, ladies. Mm-hmm. He, just, he he can't. It, everything is... is is punched. Everything has a, 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 a look at me, I'm acting quality yeah, yeah. to it. You know, he doesn't real or very rarely seems to actually not just inhabit the character, which he doesn't do, but also to inhabit the scene, mm-hmm. to be there in the moment. I can always see him thinking, not what's my next line, but I don't know how how to be heroic or how to be <laughs> something, you know. It's it's never just coming out organically. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's yeah. I think that that's right. Hmm. I think the next movie's going to be better. I hope so. I hope he's better by the next movie. Oh yeah, I really do. I hope they get rid of that damn little thing with Scotty. <laughs> I do love Simon Pegg, though. Oh, yeah. He was really good. He's great. And I was noticing even more um, how much... That's just the car saying, okay. you've been running on battery power for too long. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm blanking on the actor's name, and I know his name. Uh, how much he has the McCoy cadences Carl down. Carl Urban, yes. Carl Urban, yes. He does a wonderful job of um, talking like him without being a mimic. Yeah. Of just suggesting mm-hmm. it, you know, he, he is is fantastic. He's really good. I hope he has a bigger part in the next movie. Yeah, well, he had a pretty substantial part in this. He did. It would be nice to see him be a little more part of the plot. He wasn't part of the plot in this movie. Well, he was as far as getting Kirk onto the, yeah, the ship. Yeah, but that was just the setup. He wasn't part yeah. of the plot, plot. Well, maybe in the next one he'll, he'll be able to cure a disease within 20 minutes <laughs> that nobody has ever cured for... 10,000 years. He was very funny the way he kept hovering behind Kirk with the the, the medical things. That was really good. Yes. It, and, and that too was reminis- reminiscent of the way in the original series, McCoy would sort of be there in the background scanning things when he kind of... Or people. Or people <laughs> when he wasn't really part of what the action was, just mm-hmm. out of sort of curiosity like, I need to know what's going on yeah. here. That was Do good. you have a headache? Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> okay. okay. He just reaches for his instruments first. Thing. Yep. 
So, um, so we continue to notice people leaving the bridge for no apparent reason and nobody being in charge of the ship at all. Right. The one time Spock left, he did put Chekhov in charge, yeah, Chekhov, which is not much better than, than nobody. But other times when people left, nobody was left nobody in was charge. Nobody was in charge. I mean, if I had been part of the bridge crew, I would have been scared. Yeah. I'm like, who's in charge? I know. I it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, there's something I noticed this time that I didn't notice before <laughs> was Kirk over the, the intercom thing gave you know, towards the end when they were all going to die, um, gave, shouted an order to Scotty, and Scotty goes, you bet your ass, Captain! <laughs> and I never realized he said that before, which that was really great. was wonderful. That was very, very good. Oh, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I noticed that is uh, worth mentioning right now. <sighs> the story holes are all still there. Yeah. Yeah, and I've, I think we found even a few more things this time yeah. around, just things that wouldn't happen. And again... Like them not graduating? Yeah. <laughs> Spock shooting Kirk off the Enterprise. Yeah. No, it's not going to happen. I know. Not going to happen. Not ever in a million years is that Well, and the other thing is Delta Vega isn't that close to anywhere, yeah, much I, less Vulcan. And Vulcan isn't that close to Earth. They were going to get there in like three minutes. I know. That was that was way too fast. Yeah. Not that close. Yeah. Nope. So. <sighs> oh, well. Oh, so I, I will mention one more thing, which is that um, it seemed to me from viewing this again that the makeup job on Nero's ears was wildly inconsistent. Mm -hmm. So... In the first couple scenes when we see him um, confronting the captain of the Kelvin, he has normal sort of Romulanish pointy ears. Then when you see him 25 years later, there's something wrong with his ears, like they've been clipped. Mm -hmm. And as we had discussed before in the story that you don't get to see, they were on the, Vul uh, the Klingon prison planet, and mm -hmm. presumably something happened there. Who knows what that was? But then through that whole chase scene on the Romulan ship, his ears kept going from normal to cut to normal to cut back and forth like that. It was like, hmm, no continuity there. There should have been somebody in charge. Well, <laughs> no, they'd all left uh, the bridge. Uh, yeah. um, one of the things I noticed is Sarek's ears had curly tips. They did have curly tips. And also the first time I saw it, I was thinking, ooh, wow, Sarek, really, really cool, you know, mm -hmm. very Mark Leonard-ish. And this time, every time they did like full face close-up, I was thinking he looked a lot like that Illusion Baylock projected <laughs> okay i can see that yeah yeah um we were also noticing that the romulan ship has a really bad design for people who work on it oh they'd be losing people right and left falling off those catwalks and and, and, and why was the exterior of it the way it is like just a, to look cool yeah that was the only reason for that yeah. now now you were saying you really liked the ship spock brought from the future that was cool I and, that and i pointed out that it's uh powered by an electric it fan. is it absolutely is but i like it anyway it okay was, it was cool it is a cool little ship i like that and and um i finally caught the part when new spock sits down in the ship and sort of says to himself fascinating yes and that, that was good i missed that the first time around okay that was quite a good yeah. little nod there well and as i was watching it um this time and there was that final scene between the two spocks mm -hmm. i couldn't help sort of trying to play in my head the the, the thing we, we have just found out was possibly written yeah. that um, Spock was going to give little Spock or young Spock or whatever he is a locket that yeah. Kirk had sent him and I was just going ah, ah, no, ah, ah, you that, know that was a, a good idea to, um, to not, <laughs> not even put it in the first draft yeah, you know that's good very true yeah 
Oh, boy. I still want to know why all the engine rooms now of these starships look like the engine rooms of the Titanic. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they have ceilings that are 30 feet high and um, lots of uh, pipes and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like, don't you think they'd be... And, and they specifically said, I was wondering about this, in the, the Galaxy Quest scene where Scotty goes through the tubes to the chompers, <laughs> yeah. um, that those are specifically labeled uh, water tubes. I thought maybe it was some other kind of coolant that they were using. But right. no, it actually said it was water. Like, come on, water? Yeah. On a starship with dilithium crystals and warp drives? They're using water for a coolant? Yeah, that? well, they didn't want them in some chemical that would destroy them. <sighs> that just didn't seem right Oh, to I me. know. I know. That was... I don't know. They could have found a, 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 a better way of alerting the bridge crew that there were people in engineering. Yeah, that was just a little silly. Yeah. Like, let them kick over a wastebasket or something. Something, something like that. Yeah, that, that would have made more sense. But still, um, I got to say, if it's your first time seeing a movie, if you haven't already seen it, don't go to a drive-in. Not this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like we said, the sound is crappy, and the train's going by, and the plane's going overhead. and Yeah, uh, yeah. the sound actually got really good right at the end, though, for the last yeah. like, 15 minutes. That yeah. it was good. I don't know why. So, um... But you know what? This was a great experience. We did get to talk. We did all the I'm way so through happy. it, and uh, this was great. And stuff our faces with popcorn. Yeah, and it was good. She had a great time. So yeah. So um, review of the movie Redux. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. It all was right. review Redux. It was review Redux. All right. Well, we got to get going. Got to hit the road because I got to get home. Okay. So this was awesome. I hope everybody enjoyed this, and uh, we'll be back next time with a show not about the movie, probably. Right. That'll and if good. you're in the Bay Area, remember July 23rd, Shat Fest. That's right. You can get information at our website, and we'll July 26th, San Francisco Theater Festival at the which, Metreon. At the Metreon, where we will be performing. And all the info's on our blog. And at lookathisbutt.com. Yes. Okay. Okay. We're out of here, literally, this time.